Blog Talk Radio.
like to ask a favor. I don't mean to come down on anybody very much, but I see a lot of running around in the church with the kids uh, when we're beginning, and it's, it can be distracting. And I know that everybody needs their drink of water and uh, needs their bathroom breaks. But when I was that age, all I wanted to do was run in the church. That was my favorite thing to do. I love to go and collect quarters out of people's lockers uh, because my dad started a church in a, in a school as well. And I got caught and then I lied about it. And it was just a fiasco. All because somebody didn't say sit down. Amen. Uh, so I want to... <laughs> um, anyway, there were silver dollars. Uh, Mike Rashawn ratted me out. Anyway... Uh, uh, but I want to I want to encourage everybody when we come to the house of God, let's come and be honoring to the house of the Lord and and to the people that have put our worship team put so much into this. Let's uh, let's be respectful to them and come in uh, on time and already have our kids relieved and watered down. Amen. Uh, because I just see a lot of back and forth. And, and last week was I, I, I bulldozed well through sermons. And, you know. I'm proud of the way I handle myself and stay on point, but there's a lot of up and down happening in our church, and just because we're in an elementary school does not mean that we're not a church and that we don't need to act like a church. So I'm encouraging the parents, this is your fault, not the kids. You must take care of your children and educate them as to what they're doing here. Amen? Amen. Somebody say amen, please. I just go home. Amen. All right. So... uh, also, if you have a cell phone, would you do me a favor right now? Turn it off. Turn it off. I'm turning mine off right now, too. And I know it's important that Matt May uh, wants you at her house for fried chicken. Uh, but she can wait. Amen. She should be in church as well. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's get out our Bibles today and turn over to second.
God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Father, we come standing before that great white throne, the throne that's been established from eternity, the throne surrounded with transcendent radiance the angels the seraphim beauty everywhere the river of fire that flows from your throne oh we love to stand before your throne oh God we love to stand before the throne of God of divine encounter.
Draw. 
throne is encircled with flaming fire. The furnace of love, beauty, raging fire. our inheritance. Oh God, to stand before the great white throne, to be lost in the river of holy fire, holy romance. around your throne, O oh God. The place of an abandoned life, standing before the throne forever and ever.
We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
Father, listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus prayed it years ago. That the glory you had given him 
They are under massive persecution, and there's also a great famine in that area. And he has been raising an offering for almost a year's period of time throughout the churches uh, for, for Jerusalem. And he started speaking to them a year back, and they were ready to do it then. And now he is sending brethren to make sure that they're prepared so that when he comes, the offering will be ready, and he can bring it to the, to the poor in Jerusalem. Bible says, he who has pity on the poor lives to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Uh, the world says that the way you become rich is you separate yourself from poor people who are always losing off of you. Christianity says the way we become rich is that we give to the poor. We take care of those who have need, those that are not worthy, those that maybe don't have a good education uh, or have not been taught how to uh, bring riches to themselves. So we're called to be generous toward the poor and that when we give to the poor, we lend to the Lord and he will repay. He will give back. And so when I give, I do it out of a generous heart, knowing that I cannot outgive God, that God uh, will remember the sacrifices that I make, and he will pay me back in, in due season. There are three areas of testing in the life of the Christian uh, that I want to cover that I believe that this chapter covers. And the first area is that of sowing. He speaks about he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. What you sow, you will reap. And he talks about what this sowing looks like, and he first says, is it generous sowing that you're sowing, or is it meager sowing that you're sowing in this season of your life? Are you sowing out of a generous heart, or are you afraid? Has life got you on your heels with your sowing? Maybe crisis has hit your life, and you're scared to death of giving anything to anybody else, and you're on lockdown. Have you ever had the hot pokers? They kind of poke you a little bit, and you're having a hard time because your finances are so tight. And that pressure is on, and you're kind of freaking out a little bit. We are tested in our giving. The Bible says that we are tested in whether we have a generous heart in this season of our life, or whether we're staring, and we're afraid, and we're scared that we're not going to have enough, that, that God's not really going to take care of us. And so we are tested in our sowing as to whether we are generous or whether we're meager. We tip God or whether we say, Lord, you've done so much for me, the least I can do for you is be generous to others. Now notice here that there are two chapters in this book on giving. Chapter 8 and chapter 9. Those are chapters in the Bible because it's human nature to be afraid. It's human nature to hold on to what you've got. And you've got the religious community of Jesus today that were just holding on to what they had. And here's Jesus, Mr. You can't take anything away from me. I'm giving everything. Just turn the tables on the whole deal. And I'm sure his generosity of forgiving people that didn't deserve it, of loving people that didn't deserve it, taking care of the poor, making his death with the poor. I'm sure that really did a number on that religious community. But here we have in Rockwell and all around people that are holding tight to what they got. 
They've got some barns that they've stored up all their stuff. And they're all excited about the new barn that they're building. And they have this little petty kingdom that they're building. And then one day, their heart stops. I mean, you know, we're here today and gone tomorrow. The older you get, the more you know and identify with your own mortality. You can't take any of this stuff with you when you die. And so a lot of people there, they base their work on what they have and what they can build so that people can see it. And they can be seen of men as being honorable and respectable and carrying weight in the community, I guess. Because if it was just you and your wife and you had this whole wide world at your possession, there'd be nobody to really uh, boast about it to, you know? So what if you're, if you had two acres of land if you had nobody to show it to? Right? The reason why people hold so fast to their money sometimes is a pride issue because they want people to see what they've got. And God's dealing with us. Money is not either good or evil. It's, it's, a, it's a neutral entity. But our heart's condition toward money determines where we are with God. And the Christian will be tested in every season of their life. Are you generous? Are you sowing? Are you scared and holding back? Maybe somebody did you wrong. Said, I'll never give again. I'll never sow again. Secondly, in sowing, he says, are you giving cheerfully or grudgingly? 9-7 says that God loves a cheerful giver. Not somebody who feels like they've had their arm twisted. But they did it. They're doing it in faith, knowing that you can't help give God. That there's a system here that works that God put down in His Scripture. If you sow, you will reap. It's in there. It's what He said. It may not come from men, but it will come from God. Are you are you doing it? Thirdly, to be seen of God or to be seen of man? To be praised by God or to get something back from man? The Bible says in Galatians 6, 6 through 8, let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now there is sowing in money, but there's also sowing to the spirit. When we pray, when we spend time with the Lord, how much of our time is spent in entertainment and how much of our time is spent in the Word of God? How much are we really sowing to the Spirit? Is our religion just crashing into church on Sunday morning or is it living it out day by day? Are we sowing intentionally, purposing in our heart, going to sow to the Spirit in my life? In my time, in my talent, in my treasure, all that I have, I'm sowing to the Spirit of God. Matthew 6, 24 and 38, I want to look at it just for a moment today. And it's the Lord's words. Matthew 6, 24. Why did I put Matthew? It's not Matthew. Or is it? Yes, it is. No, it's not. Well, I put it in there wrong. Sorry about that. 
chapter 7 and it's Luke 6. I'll hold back to Luke. Sorry, guys. Luke 6, 24. says, The woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear and love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. And if somebody strikes you on the cheek, offer the other as well. And if somebody takes away from you your cloak, don't withhold your tunic either. Give him everything because they can't take from you because your identity is in God. Give everything. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do good to you, you also do to them likewise. And if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners and to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now listen to this. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And then he begins to talk about a tree being known by its fruit, whether it's good or bad. And then he begins to talk about, in verse 46, about building your house on a rock. And in verse 48 he says, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. See, Three Little Pigs was not the first idea about this. This came from Jesus. He says, you got to dig deep and not just worry about your family. Don't just go, well, this is all about my house, because it's not all about your house. It's about the foundation underneath the house that you're digging, that you're digging as you're sowing to the Spirit of God. And as you begin to sow and give, not wanting anything back, but because this is who you are in God. Well, I've sown so much, John, and people just are not reciprocating to me. People are not responding to me in the way. I, this is not the result I would have. Jesus said, hey, I'm trying to get you perfect, but you do it for him. And not for people. And not for their praise. When you do charitable gifts, don't do it to be seen of men. But your works will be seen, and they will glorify the Father who's in heaven. He says, I want you to begin to dig deep underneath your family. Dig below what's going on in your home. So in the Spirit. And you will build a foundation that when trouble comes, that house will not be burned. Because then he goes on to talk about people who face their joy off of other people. Off of other people's opinions, off of other people's 
so that you're more than just excited. This is a, a lifestyle of sowing to God more than we do to our flesh, more than we can do our feelings, more than we consult our stomachs, uh, our hearts, right? We're sowing to the Holy Spirit, thank Lord, we want to be spiritual people. Not moved by anything, by God. God gives me permission to move on. That's an area of testing. Then there's a, th a second area of testing, and that's enduring. Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, let us not grow weary while we're doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't lose heart. Therefore, if we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Have you ever given a real big gift to God? And then right after you go, what did I just do? <laughs> Jordan and Nick and Tyler. I really wonder if you were doing it for God or for man. 
Don't say that the harvest comes down the road. The harvest is now. It's white. Pray that the Lord will send laborers into the harvest. Luke 18, 1 through 8. I love that passage, Luke 18, 1 through 8. I'm going to turn to it real quick because I like it so much. About the woman with the unjust judge. And the judge finally lets her have what she wants because he, she bothers him so much. And Jesus said, Then the Lord said, "What? Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? How many of you need God to avenge you of some things in your life that's going on right now? He says he'll do it speedily, though he may bear with you for a season. The ones he chose, his elect, he will vindicate you. But a lot of people, and I had a friend when I was a kid, had in tithing and tithing, believed in tithing, and he struggled for years and years financially. Remember one time I was his roommate getting anger from him. He started yelling at God. He cussed God out real good and thanked him for rebuking the divine It was awful. I Church. 
that being a Buddhist or just better. I mean, really, I mean, I can argue all stuff with you all the time. But honestly, it's just a better mindset. It's just better. I enjoy it more. He said, the thief comes to kill, still destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You're going to have a better life, more abundant life with Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you to have a safer life. Sometimes it is twist and turn. But you're going to have a better life walking with Jesus than you do with some real book or whatever else the world has to offer. And Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, man. While you're going through a hard time, meditate on the indescribable gift that's been given to you. Second meditation is our promise. Now listen to this very quickly. I'm closing, but listen now. He said, now, may he have supplied seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seeds you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you were enriched in everything, for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. It says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. That means, everybody say God, equals he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. It means God's going to take care of your bread so you can eat. He's also going to give you seed to sow. It may not be money. Maybe some talent that God's given you. But it's something that He can supply for you. He'll take care of your food and He's as much bad as He has And what does He say here? In one translation it says, supply, multiply, and increase. In one translation it's future tense, He will supply. He will multiply. He will increase the fruit. How many of you want to not only have a supply, but you want to have a multiplication? How many of you don't not only just want to multiply, but you want to increase? You want to increase done? It lifts you up from where you are to a new, new level of living and life. And the gospel is a, it elevates you. It lifts you up. This says that God is going to do three things for you. He is going to supply the need that you have. Then he's going to multiply you. And then he is going to increase you. He's going to increase the fruits of your righteousness. He's as much bad as he is God. You are a child of Abraham, and he said, Blessing, I will bless you, and multiply, I will multiply you. About the increase. That's what God has for you. That is His plan for your life. To do what? To supply your need. Oh, thank you, Lord. I just get by. And then what? To start multiplying you. And then what? To increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. And I entitled this message Thanksgiving. Because God wants you to be the cause of thanksgiving in other people's lives. Where they just sit there and go, thank you, God, right? Like you bless somebody and, and it causes them to thank God. We thank God for his indescribable gift and we become causes of thanksgiving in other people's lives. Why is God going to supply multiple? 
multiply and increase the fruits of your righteousness so that you can cause people to give thanks to him. And then thirdly, on purpose, Paul says, so let each one of you as he purposes in his heart give. I'm reminded of the story of Daniel in the Old Testament that purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. Our meditation is on our present, the gift of God in Jesus Christ. Our meditation is on our promise. What is the promise here? The promise is not just by himself, but he's the one to encourage you. God, I swear by myself. I'm just a My grace is sufficient for you. And your weakness, I'm strong. He promises. I'm going to talk about you. I can't wait for the day that it's just not my church, but you got as many as I got. But y'all are listening to me. Can't wait to see how all those are drunk, running around listening to you. Man, I didn't increase where you start to rise. God does it. All for what? What is our role? We've got the purpose in our heart. To give. To be liberal. To go on a stingy. A purposing in my life. And then your purpose in his heart in a real bad time. They made a human out of it. They took him to a faraway land. They stripped him from everything and they renamed him. They tried so hard to change his whole identity. And they started force-feeding him, saying, Every Israel will kill you. And it was not Jewish for him to eat all those things. So he purposed in his heart, You know what? I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to serve. But I am not going to defile myself anymore. Purposed in his heart, so the spirit, not to the flesh. And that old man is one of the coolest guys that ever walked with him. Paul says the same thing to a bunch of poor people, a bunch of people that are going through it. And you purpose something for today. Don't leave this place today without purposes in your heart. Hear me now. To be liberal with forgiveness, turning the other cheek, with giving and sowing. How many of you know you can't fix every problem that you have? Sometimes you've got to sow seeds in order to move mountains. He's not called you to fight a fight. He's called uh, his flesh and blood is called his sustain. We from God will bring harvest. We are farmers. Don't cut people's ears off. Amen. Sowing into situations, sowing into our homes, sowing into our lives, and we do it, and we sow into the spirit of God. Brothers and sisters, if you don't have a job, go get one. Keep finding love, very hard on love, blah, blah, blah. God's your source. You go out there and go after it. He said, ask and you will receive. Go seek it out and be a go-getter. You've got friends and family that need Jesus. Be a soul winner. Close the deal. Bring it to Jesus. Have a prayer with you. Close it. There's some closers up in their mouths. Not just people that know how to sow.
tree is always good. It's fruit. For a harvest, God will protect the fruit of that harvest, all bugs and all the mess. That fruit is what makes it valuable. We protect the fruit that God has put in our hearts more than our needs for things out there to make to validate us. So, Lord, you're taking this fruit today. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to stay with it. I'm not going to be like those who sow well.
Africa, they sell group leaders, care group leaders, maybe open up their house, maybe they don't have a lot. They're going to go after their uh, friends. There might be evangelists in this house that he's going to raise up and go after the harvest. Father, I pray that this be a church for peace and God. It goes after uh, the glory of God for their life, Lord. I ask you the Holy Spirit of God. Your purpose in our heart, Lord Jesus, to be people that sow and endure and bring the glory of God. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the heart of this church, Lord God, to bless your heart, God, to find your heart and bless your heart, Lord. Let us continually go after you, I pray, and not lose heart, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. I sing to the Lord this morning as we dismiss. Let's all stand up. Let's just sing one more song, and then we'll dismiss this morning.
Healing rain. 